Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Talking Bay 94, the Star Wars podcast devoted to interviews with the cast, crew, and creators of a galaxy far, far away. I'm your host, Brandon Winerdy, and today we're talking to Mickey Herman, assistant to George Lucas, production coordinator on Empire and Jedi, and executive producer for the Ewoks and Droids animated series. She was such a huge part of making these movies that we love, and it is a huge, huge honor to say that this is Talking Bay 94, episode 26, Mickey Herman. But, yeah, I'd love to, I mean, we can first talk about your, like, how did you get involved uh, with, with Star Wars and kind of that fledgling Lucasfilm company? I got involved by meeting the associate producer, Jim Nelson, whose name is not in the credits. Mm-hmm. That's another story. <laughs> I was doing I was doing a um, an AFI American Film Institute film with Danny DeVito and Rhea Perlman. I was the production manager. Okay, I met Jim by uh, I used to know a woman who worked in the Star Wars office. Her name was Maureen and. She was at the AFI, and to call her and ask her if she knew of any job at Universal. They had an office at Universal from American Graffiti, and he said that um, she was on vacation and he could use somebody to help out in the office during <laughs> the holiday. So I went there and I filled out Christmas cards for Gary Kurtz. <laughs> And then later, I was working with Danny and Rhea, and so I would call Jim to get freebies and favors Mm -hmm. on this film. He used to uh, be very big in post-production, and he had a sound editing business. And so um, he got me a free mix at Fantasy Films in Berkeley and all kinds of freebies and favors. And then when the film was uh, finished, we had a screening at the AFI, and I invited Jim. And then he told me that they were back from the principal photography in London, and they needed a production assistant for a second unit. Mm -hmm. And so he hired me for that. So I was production assistant. We went to Death Valley, Mm -hmm. and we shot the elephant sequence, the uh, banthas, and we shot different pickups around town. We shot the uh, cantina scene pickups with the band, and a lot of fun things like that. He needed somebody to, George needed somebody to be his assistant in post-production to follow him around from the editing room to ILM to see the special effects dailies to the mixing studio because everything was kind of down to the wire. And so I did that. And um, then after that, I was, it was a small company and I was cheap labor. (laughs) So I... I kind of did everything else. I was recruited by Charlie Lippincott to help with the ancillary things like the documentaries and the photo sessions and the stuff like that. Yeah, I know. I know he looped you in as well to the to the holiday special, right? And I think it was you and, and Ben Burt on set, kind of just making sure that it, it fit in with with kind of the whole direction of Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh boy, that's a whole other story. In fact, Brandon. They're having a play in Los Angeles uh-huh. that's going to open next month about the Star Wars Holiday Special, the behind-the-scenes stuff, and it's supposed to be really 
hysterically funny. Oh my goodness. So I'm going to go see that. Oh my yeah. God. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, what was that? I mean, cause that is such a kind of a storied part of, of, of Star Wars. What was kind of the <laughs> process like, especially with the cast coming in, in between Star Wars and Empire to do that? Um, it was fine. I mean, they were cooperative. They, you know, they didn't love doing it, especially Carrie, who sang, and she actually had a very nice voice. Yeah. But what I enjoyed, my part in that, what I enjoyed was getting the Wookiee costumes made, yeah. uh, working with Stan Winston, who passed away too soon, but he was the um, makeup artist that did Chewbacca's family. And just working on set with him and, and the actors, which was a terrible thing for the actors that had to wear those costumes because it was so hot in costumes. All of the Star Wars costumes were pretty much torture chambers. <laughs> Dan and I, the producers, they were they were variety show producers. And they were, they were over their head making a variety show about Star Wars. When Gary Kurtz and George originally envisioned this, it was supposed to have talent like Rudolph Nureyev and, you know, people that weren't the regular variety shows, people that the producers were uh, familiar working with. And so it was a big surprise to everybody. I remember I was moving to Northern California the next day, November 18th, and I was staying at a friend's house, and they had a little boy who loves Star Wars. Mm -hmm. And so we watched the special together, and he was so uninterested. (laughs) You know, it was like the only thing that people really liked about it was the Boba Fett animation. Right. But some people like it, you know, like Richard Wolski. He was like 10 years old when he saw it. And he, at the end, you know, he I read an interview. He said at the end, he sat down with a list of pens on paper and told mom what toys he wanted. <laughs> and so I guess that was really the inspiration to keep Star Wars fresh in people's mind around the holiday season. And the toys were late coming out initially and so this was something to be a link to keep it fresh in the minds of people definitely i guess jumping from the holiday special then uh, directly to empire were there any special challenges maybe even the different location shoots um a new director coming in Irvin Kirshner? um what was what was your experience on empire like it was pretty ambitious we moved relocated ilm to san rafael Mm -hmm. to marin county so we were setting all of that up and building, they were building new cameras to shoot in Norway. And Irvin Kirshner, he was great. And George and Gary had a lot of respect for him. Mm-hmm. But he uh, took too long. It was very complicated setting up the Yoda, the sets for Yoda um, and the puppeteers and all of this and that. So they went over budget. And, you know, he finished the movie and, and most people think, that it's the best in the original trilogy. I was the special effects coordinator mm-hmm. at ILM, plus I was doing the ancillary stuff at right. the same time. And there were a lot of shots, 
but it got done, yeah. and it opened, and and the rest is history. And with Jedi, you were responsible a lot for the location scouting, especially for Endor. What was that kind of like, kind of exploring the Redwoods and, and figuring out the best place to, to shoot and build that bunker? That was amazing. That was the most amazing thing, to have a job to scout every Redwood forest between Santa Cruz and British Columbia. Right. And one day... I was in a boat in a helicopter, uh, just really great. And then the trick was to find a place where we could build the bunker and do some explosions and blow up some trees right. and stuff like that. And I met a um, contact, Lenny Fike, in uh, Northern California, who was almost at the Oregon border, and he was connected to this one lumber company and and uh, so he got his permission to shoot there, and they indicated which trees we could blow up. And it was a beautiful location. It was right on the coast, and it was really, really pretty. But it was it was a challenge, you know. It was a small town, and, and accommodating the needs of the cast and crew was challenging. And then, of course, we had all the little people, all the Ewoks. And they were a fun-loving bunch. So they were all partying in their location where they were staying. And, right. and it was uh, it was an interesting time. And, and I would say things went pretty well. They came from the desert, from Yuma, Arizona. They shot there first from the heat. And then they came to the damp redwoods. And so some people got sick. We had a nurse on staff who was giving vitamin B12 shots and, uh, you know, just the logistics of staging a production in a small town was challenging, but it worked out. Definitely. The thing that I really was excited to talk to you about after the, the movies end, and it's kind of like the holiday special, George still wants to keep Star Wars in, in the minds of the public. And so that's where the droids and the Ewoks cartoons uh, come into play. And you were the executive producer uh, for the animated series. Uh, what was that experience like? And, and what kind of memories or stories do you have from that time? Well, I went with the Nelvana, the Canadian animation company that did the show for the uh, holiday special. And we scouted locations where we would do the in-betweens and, and some of the things that they didn't do in Canada. So we went to the Orient, to Asia. Their animators went and lived there during the production. Mm -hmm. and, and a lot of the scripts were written by the Canadian writers and the voices and everything. So it was produced by Nelvana. They coordinated the whole thing. And then I hired some writers from Los Angeles. We had so we had some Canadian writers and some American writers, Hollywood writers, like Paul Dini, who were very much into cartoons. And by that time, we had moved to the ranch. My office had moved from ILM San Rafael to the ranch out in Lucas Valley. So I did a lot of traveling at that time between Los Angeles and Canada. Mm -hmm. And it was, they were, the Canadians, they were really great people to work with. I really cherished that time. So I guess when initially concepting these two ideas, was there anything that George and you really wanted to focus on or, or really wanted to make sure that the, the content delivered? 
Yeah, George wanted it to be really high quality above what were then Murphs, that kind of thing that was right. popular on TV, and, and they out had better ratings than we had. But, you know, besides the quality of the animation, he wanted it, he wanted droids to be to people, kids, you know, boys that liked, he liked, George liked the Road Warrior and those kind of punk. I guess punk was kind Uh of popular at the time. So he wanted it to have, droids to have that flavor, and he wanted Ewoks to be softer and more, you know, for more for younger kids. Mm -hmm. Well, he was busy doing other stuff. So, I mean, I met with him sometimes we'd go over some of the things, but most of the time he was off, not really involved in it Mm -hmm. very closely doing other things. I remember we went to Hawaii to um, record Taj Mahal for the Ewok songs. Oh. (laughs) I loved that. Yeah. I really loved that. And then Stuart Copeland did uh, from the police did uh-huh. the music for the droids. So that that part was really cool. That's very, very cool. But then, like, this guy from Disney, he, I don't know, I saw him at Toy Fair or some kind of thing, and, and he said, whatever George have in mind, he said that music was so, you know, because Disney had wonderful traditional music right. in their cartoons, and he just thought that the music in these two shows was just, like, bad. Uh-huh. Then the next producers that came in after me, they changed the music to be more um, traditional animation music. Right. That was what happened. Actually, I got laid off after after I did the first season, and they replaced me with these animation producers from Hollywood. And that was the end of me and Lucasfilm, and I moved down to L.A. Uh, I, I heard in an interview you're now a psychotherapist, is that correct? Or you? Yeah, I went back to school. I got my master's <laughs> degree and a, a doctorate of clinical psychology wow. and uh, did that for a while. But I'm retired. I'm not working in that field anymore. Mm-hmm. Now I'm just enjoying not hearing people's problems. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds That sounds nice. Uh, I guess looking back at, at that kind of time in your life working with Lucasfilm, are there any memories or stories that especially stick out? Especially, I mean, you're you're walking around with, with George Lucas every day while he's making these movies, and um, you were such an integral part of kind of making sure all this actually happened. Yeah, I was the luckiest girl in the world, actually. <laughs> Lucasfilm, George and Marsha, they wanted it to be like a family. George had very fond memories of film school and all of his friends from that. And and so he wanted all of the people at Lucasfilm to feel like they were a family. Mm-hmm. And that was what they created, that strong family feeling. And, you know, turkeys for everybody. The Empire Strikes Back. After that, everybody got a uh, bonus, mm-hmm. a very nice bonus. And, um, yeah, and then Gary Kurtz, he was just a really great guy. He passed away recently. He was 78, and I'm still not over that. But he was, um, I worked very closely with Gary because um, first opened, and as I said, we were a small company. I was kind of the point person. Call me from wherever he was, and I would, like, I'd be greening prints in Hollywood, uh-huh. um, 
for quality print things. And, you know, there was just always so many things. And, and working with Charlie Lippincott, because he really, you know, he did the deals for the toys and with Kenner. And there was just so many things. There were TV specials. So because I knew all of the costumes and props and actors, I was the point person that was responsible for getting them to all these different things and and then getting film clips <clears throat> for the licensees who were, you know, doing commercials and things like that. I think you and Mr. Lippincott and you even said like Mr. Kurtz and Marsha and Ben Burt, all these people that have made these movies and these things that we associate with movies, whether it's the documentaries or the toys, um, all these things that you made possible. And so really, thank you very much for really just taking the time and telling all this because this is just... It means a lot to so many people, and, and the work that you did meant so much. Yeah, well, you know, I was I was a worker bee, and I gave 150% gladly. It was just, and we had a ILM reunion a couple years ago, a 40th reunion, and Joe Johnston said, put it really succinctly when he said that, there would never be another time like that. There were these all these people with certain talents and certain skill sets that got together and gave 150%, and, and that time will never be again. And, and it was a wonderful time for everybody. Everybody, you know, worked really hard, and, and it was really wonderful. Well, no, that that is a great way to put it. And yeah, what what you just said, right? Everyone that was working on these movies, the amount of talent that's there will never really be replicated. So again, thank you, uh, thank you very much. Well, that's wonderful, and it's wonderful what you're doing. And so keep up the good work, Brandon. Good luck. <laughs> Thank you again to Miss Herman for taking the time to talk to me about her incredibly important role in the early days of Lucasfilm. Again, it was a huge honor that she agreed to come on the show and tell her story. Next week, we're talking to Lori Good, who portrayed numerous characters at Elstree Studios for the original Star Wars movie. So, until then, stay tuned, leave a five-star review, and may the Force be with you.